Can't remember how to shine? Lost your confidence? Your fight? We've got you. For faith, fitness, and friendship collide for women, by women, this is the She Rugged Podcast. I'm your host, mom, pup mom, athlete, and life performance coach, Michelle Yates. I'm back with Fear of Embarrassment for this episode, episode number four. We've been covering fear of failure, fear of disappointment, fear of even success. This week, we're covering fear of embarrassment and how it relates to shame and guilt, of course, pain, what God has to say about it. Emotions such as shame, guilt, and embarrassment occur when an individual perceives that they have violated a norm as judged by themselves or by others. Ah, This is typically shaped by society, people. This is not what God says about us and what he wants for us. It can work in our favor or it can work against us, right? It can pressure us to do things we don't want to do or act how we don't want to act. You can announce, for example, that you're going to do this new exercise program. You're going to lose all this weight. And it's the norm of commitment that can hold us accountable. We announced it. We told everybody about it. We are putting that pressure upon ourselves. But then if we fall short of our goals, it can also lead to embarrassment, shame, guilt, How many of you have started a certain diet at the new year or maybe an exercise program and have already fallen short of meeting your goals or your intentions and maybe even stopped altogether? That's embarrassment, right? You're probably embarrassed, especially if you announced it kind of to the rest of the world. But it's easy to doubt yourself or God in any of these situations. We don't ever even call on him. We don't ever even include him in some of these types of goals because we don't think he cares about them, but he does. The shame, guilt, and pain in the embarrassment are only meant to get our attention. He gave us those emotions, those feelings for us to take action, to make a change, not to carry it around with us. This is one of the many reasons God wants us to live life with others, with those who walk in step with him as well, or at least are trying to. When we struggle with all these things, such as weight loss, health, marriage problems, He wants us to call on him daily, but to also surround ourselves with good, positive company. Proverbs says that he who walks with wise men will be wise. God gives us these little tidbits all through the Bible to help guide us. Personal example, fear of embarrassment comes from my health problems once again. That was the year when I tried to come back after my double hip surgeries to running competitively and really executing a race that I had done previously. So not only did I have this comparison factor in my head, but I also had this fear of embarrassment and what if it didn't work out and should I even be doing this? And God was just very clear on his intent here when he provided me with the ability to run again after doctors said I would not run at all, like not even five miles. And here I was trying to do a hundred mile mountain race. God told me this was no longer for me. This is now about others and really truly inspiring others and letting others see his good through me. And what it was going to take was that education that he blessed me with, those gifts, those talents, those tools that he previously instilled in me, but then also a support system that 
would also encourage me to continue to not attack my self-worth or my big lengthy goal of doing something doctors said would never be done. But I had that faith in God and I really knew that this is what he was calling me to do. And when he did, it didn't happen. It didn't happen on the first time I failed. I only made it 70 miles. And yes, I was embarrassed. I felt like, God, why would you send me out there to do this if you were just going to make a fool of me? And if you weren't going to let me finish anyways, why did you inspire me to do this? But then very quickly, he came back to say, hey, it wasn't, again, just about you. It was about inspiring others and showing others my grace. Because guess what? The next year I came back and he blessed me with using those tools and those gifts that he gave me, with using the support system that he had given me with people who went with me on long hikes and um, camping and we call it riking, running, hiking, training weekends, but also on a daily basis too, when I did start to doubt or doubt myself or doubt what God was telling me and wondering if it was really him talking to me or not. But even through all of this, we can say that I rose above that embarrassment because I knew that God had this plan for me and he wasn't doing this to me. There was still something so much deeper. And just because this goal or expectation I had didn't work out in my head when I wanted it to, it didn't mean it wasn't going to happen later on. And again, like I said, he granted me that blessing to inspire everybody and finish the race the following year and not only finish it, but do really, really well. Finish first place, finish, uh, I think, top five or top six uh, amongst the men and um, gave the other awesome ladies a good run for their money with um, beating them at least by a few hours. So it was not just this small little win. It was extremely impactful and emotional for me, but I think for others as well to see the hardships that I went through and how God rose above all of that and and healed all of that and got me to that finish line in record time. I'm not going to say there weren't moments of doubt or doubt of, again, what he wanted me to be doing and if this was right and true because there were the challenges within those, but that's where the support system really held me up and got me through. And I was never embarrassed to speak about how I want, God wanted me to do this and how he gave me these gifts and talents and tools to do this. But I would ask, are you embarrassed to ask God for help? Or maybe even just the entire act of listening to this podcast right now, would you be hiding it from somebody? I wonder if you are afraid that they will judge you. I wonder if you're afraid of embarrassment, of outwardly speaking about your faith. But what about all those friends and people that do and that want to support you and want to walk in faith with you? Are you filling those gaps with others who guilt you into going out, who are guilting you away from your health and fitness goals and what God says he wants for you? 
I mean, how many friends do you have right now that are giving you healthy recipes to help you with your nutrition and health goals or that are going with you to church or that are maybe speaking of scripture and Bible study with you? I mean, no wonder you're fearing embarrassment. It really comes from everywhere. There's the people who think you're a Jesus freak if you talking about scripture or faith or how God is helping you and you have the embarrassment of your friends putting you down when you don't achieve a goal. They're not even taking into consideration that you are miserable inside and they're only just bringing you down with them. I know there are people out there right now that have been turned off by my launch of She Rugged and how I no longer skate around what's politically correct. Now, I never really hit it. I was even very honest with it with running and like I just said, throughout the races, I pray before every single race or athletic event and I never hid that, but I was never really outwardly spoken or speaking of it to the extent that I think God wanted me to. I definitely would get these red flags to stop if I started talking to somebody that I knew maybe not believe in God or have any faith. And I'm like, no, I cannot do that now. And you can't either. You can't have that fear of embarrassment or feeling like a Jesus freak. We should all be Jesus freaks, honestly. If God is for me, who can be against me? And those that don't want to listen to me or be coached by me or say negative things about me, like I'm a Jesus freak or I'm going through a midlife crisis because of all of this. Those are just toxins. Those are the enemy just trying to bring me down and take me away from what I call is my thrive zone because I know how I feel in that thrive zone and I know that God's promise will prevail. And like you, we do not need those type of people in our lives. Let's unpack shame and guilt just a little further so you get a little bit better of an understanding here. Fear leads to shame. Shame causes us to doubt. We begin to doubt God's love and we begin to doubt God's grace. That is the enemy weaseling in in those toxic people weaseling in. Ultimately, we begin to doubt the ability of the gospel to work in our lives. Yes, that also includes little things like our workouts. Those little things also lead to really big things, right? Health fitness, spiritual health, mental health. In social sciences, shame is intensely painful feeling or experience of believing we are flawed and therefore unworthy of acceptance and belonging. We don't think we're good enough for God. That's not right. We are good enough for God. Jesus died on the cross for us. It doesn't matter what we did. And that leads to the guilt. Guilt is a sense of regret and desire to make amends. I screwed up too much. God's not going to love me. He's not going to help me. He's not going to give me his grace. Shame is character-based. I am a bad person, whereas guilt is action-based. I did a bad thing. Both of these are under God's umbrella of grace. I felt guilty that I screwed up in my 20s. I did some bad things. And maybe this is how I was paying the price for them. Maybe the hip thing was the price and God was punishing me and taking away my ability to run, trying to slap me in the face, saying, hey, you know what? There will be consequences. So maybe you should fear me just a little bit more and try to direct your path to what is in line with my path for you. And I knew that I screwed up and I knew that that screwed up version of me was not what God 
wanted me to be at all. I felt that guilt. I felt that shame. But he still delivered me. What does delivered mean? It means peace. He gave me peace. He took away my sins. I laid down that weight because Jesus died on the cross for me, and I could still continue on without feeling this massive gap between me and this longing, this thrive zone that I wanted to be in, this happiness, this relationship with God that was strong and strong enough to withstand the storms. And he gave me that support system I once again needed. We don't know if our screw-ups always mean some sort of consequences. However, I did dig this up. In chapter 5, James identifies sickness with sin and healing with repentance. The prayer offered will make the sick person well. Confess your sins so that you may be healed. Notice it. This is totally the wrong way around. The sick person is saved and the sinner is healed. Ordinarily, we expect the sick person to be healed and the sinner be saved. But James is drawing a connection between the person's sickness and sin. Now, ultimately, I believe it's always up to God and his discretion and how he wants to handle things. But I do believe that, honestly, if we were to continue to sin and sin without some sort of consequence, we would just continue to stay there, right? The guilt and shame connection for the sins is how God wants us to fear him for our own sake. Because if we do that and we continue to sin and we live in a life in a way that is constantly carrying all that weight, it's going to take us in a downward spiral and continue to take us down that downward spiral, open that gap instead of closing the gap that we want to minimize between ourselves and God because we believe that he knows what is right and true for us, that he will provide us with all that fulfillment that we are longing for. Even in my 20s, with having all that guilt and shame, that sin prompted me to take action, to lay down that weight and to pick up something better, to close the gap between myself and God. As it is always said, God uses our sins for good. So I often wonder if God knows our future and he knows the mistakes and sins that we will make, did he intentionally use those sins because maybe he knew we wouldn't bypass them or maybe he knew that we would sin, fail, and need to call upon him. And that was just his little test. I mean, he probably gives us these tests of sin to direct our lives like a roadmap. If we bypass the sin, we're on the highway to our thrive zones, and we are feeling good, and we are happy, and we are at peace. Not that there's not bad things happening, but we have that peace within us with him that we know that we are going to make it through. We have that support system that he's speaking of and we're surrounding ourselves with the non-toxic people, those that are walking in faith with us. And not that we have it all figured out. I certainly do not have this all figured out. I continue to study the Bible and I continue to ask questions and research and try to understand as much as I can of the Bible. Because again, it's like our roadmap. Honestly, if we do sin, then he presents us with that shame, that guilt, that embarrassment. And it's like a little roadblock that slows us down, that makes us stop, recheck our maps. Hey, take a right turn, take action, redirect your life, come back to God, which obviously will get us to our thrive zones as well. But that's the thing. The sin causes the roadblock. It causes that shame, that guilt, that embarrassment, that slowdown that we need to pause and pray and ask God for some help. And like I said in the podcast last week, that was our bonus podcast, 
It's about daily asking for help, our daily bread, not our weekly bread or our monthly bread. It's our daily bread. We ask him for help on a daily basis. We ask him to help guide us with the people that we surround ourselves with. Who does he want us to surround ourselves with? And as we learned from previous weeks, we know that these challenges, these difficulties, they happen for us, not to us. And if we've truly believed that, know that God provides us with these opportunities to choose, to act, to serve, to love, and be inspired, humbled, and to be grateful. Notice the word choose in there. God has given us a little cheat sheet of commandments guiding us along our roadmaps. And he knows that sin will rob us of arriving at our thrive zone and living in our thrive zones. That it's under his discretion and some consequences that we choose to do that we sin with, that we go against the grain with, may provide roadblocks. And of course, the more roadblocks we have, the more frustrated we get, and the more discouraged we get, and even the more embarrassed we may get. And instead of calling on Him and believing that the Holy Spirit can work for us, that the gospel can work in our lives, and that it can help us, we go down that downward spiral instead, or we stay stuck at the roadblock. This is perhaps why we want to shrink and hide and disappear with shame. And guilt makes you regret things and prompts you to take action because you're feeling this emotion, downright yucky feeling. And it's the same one that you get with other people around you. That's how you realize that these things are toxic. They make you feel yucky. And do you see which one attacks your self-worth? Shame does. I spoke of these toxic people, these soul suckers, whether they be people or even other things like social media in the last episode, and I'm just trying to reinstate the fact that that's what kind of helps us feel that shame. But because we live by the Holy Spirit, let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So if you live by the Holy Spirit and with the people that believe in the Holy Spirit, it will also help you to not repeat those sins. And if you were your enemy, though, how would you take yourself out? Would it be through the shame? Would it be through guilt, fear of failure, disappointment, or even embarrassment? How about even success? Would the enemy want to take you out with success? Are you fearing success? And that's how the enemy is trying to get in and at you? How about, again, the embarrassment, the shame, the guilt? Is he just holding you down, suffocating you with these things instead of allowing you to leave your comfort zone, instead of having you drop that weight and pick up something new, something better, something that God says is good for you. So today, remind yourself that even if you've sinned, even if you're feeling embarrassment or guilt because you dropped the balls on your goals this first quarter, you didn't achieve your diet plan, or maybe even you just missed a few days, God gives us those emotions for a reason. It is not to keep continuously carrying them or to let the enemy anchor us down, but it's to make changes, to take a different approach, to call on God, to replace those toxic soul-sucking people or things with positive influences to help us make that change and to keep us in step with God. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. 
it says it right there, people. So if you don't believe it, dive into some scripture so you can reinstill that faith that you know is in there for God and what he promises he will do for you to live in your thrive zone. And these blessings will far exceed any blessing we can gain from the world. Anything that they say, they as in the world, is right and true. Any shame and attacks that we receive on our self-worth come from those toxic people, the society, the enemies, not from God. So turn your face to the sun and let the shadows fall behind you. We all have shadows. We all have regrets. We all have shame. We all have screwed up 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever age you are. We screw up. We are human, but we must rise above them in front of them and know that if we change our mindset to change our spirits to overcome this fear, whether it be fear of embarrassment, fear of disappointment, fear of success, whatever it may be, God never intended for us to live according to the world system and the ways of doing things that they say is right or true, or carry a life of burden. But he wants us to have a spirit of flight. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Your action item this week is to take that challenge. Join a new group for at least one month. Be sure they're not some kind of, you know, drama crazy lady group. Make sure they're faith and positive with any reviews and with other referrals or whatnot. Of course, an easy way to find these people are usually Bible groups or um, some kind of faith-based program like She Rugged. But there are plenty of others out there and they don't have to be a faith-based. Just make sure they're a positive group, uplifting, supporting And if those people are helping you lay down your way to sin, riding in your passenger seat to your thrive zone, not along the roadside, holding up stop signs and causing more roadblocks, I bet you, you will phase in to hanging out with them a little bit more, doing life with them a little bit more, as opposed to those toxic people that are holding up those stop signs and roadblocks and not lifting you up, but bringing you down, giving you bad recipes instead of good recipes and healthy recipes. I would love to ride in your passenger seat. Please email me, michelle at sherugged.com. Michelle with one L, -L M-I-C-H-E-L-E at sherugged.com. And let me know how I could provide life coaching and support for you to live in your Thrive Zone. Let's eliminate those roadblocks, people. Brain clutter can add up fast. Find your fight with our She Rugged Empowerment Program. Sign up for our newsletter and get free tips for eating healthy when traveling. Go to our website, sherugged.com, and share the love. Subscribe, share, and leave a review for our monthly giveaways. Thanks for listening. Let your light shine.